0: this is his slave servant and his messenger. This afternoon, Taala, we would like to briefly discuss some of the important matters that a Muslim needs to be aware of in order that we might implement in our lives those things that are required of a Muslim on this special occasion of the Eid. Today being the uh, 28th, I think, 28th of Ramadan inshaAllah, it means that it is very possible if the month has 29 days that tomorrow will be the last day of fasting and the following day the Eid. For that reason some of the brothers have suggested But we should have some discussion concerning the Sunan of the Eid or those matters that a Muslim should be attending to on the special occasion or the joyous occasion of the Eid. Uh, Before mentioning those matters which I have collected from various sources of the authentic hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, before mentioning... Those aspects of the sunnah uh, that are established or confirmed in Islam as practices related to the day of Eid. I would like to remind myself and also to remind you that this month of Ramadan is a special time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen to... Favour the Muslims, those who obey him and those who follow the example of the Prophet ﷺ. This is a season in which a Muslim has the chance or the opportunity to gain much reward and forgiveness of one's sins and to get near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said in the Qur'an, وَرَبُّكَ يَخْلُقُ مَا يَشَاء وَيَخْطَرُ That your Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He creates whatever He wills and He chooses. He chooses from amongst humanity who will be His prophets or messengers. And He chooses from amongst the angels who will do what assignment that He has assigned them with. And He chooses from amongst the days of the week or the months of the year or the places in the earth. Those places that He has given a special merit to or excellence. He has chosen mecca as a sacred city and he has chosen medina and he has chosen the month of ramadan and so on indeed the month of ramadan it is just about gone that which is remaining of it is very little and therefore we should be reminded and everyone should take their own self into account concerning the objective of Ramadan what is the primary purpose of Ramadan and have we achieved that objective allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the quran ya amanu kutiba kama kutiba min qablikum that o oh, you who believe fasting has been prescribed for you as it was prescribed for those before you that you may achieve taqwa every one of us needs to at least examine ourselves and look at our lives and to see have we achieved that which is the objective that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has clearly stated as the purpose of ordaining fasting on the people? It is to achieve a taqwa Indeed, it is the main purpose of fasting and it is also the general purpose of ibadah in general that the worship of Allah, it is a means to achieve a taqwa nearness to Allah, consciousness of Allah in order to earn His pleasure. The Prophet sallallahu الله عليه has mentioned in a hadith that has been graded as Hasan in the Sunan of Al-Tirmidhi from Abu Huraira. Uh, part of the hadith that is appropriate to our discussion this afternoon. رَغِمَ أَنْفُ رَجُلٍ دَخَلَ عَلَيْهِ رَمَضَانٍ ثُمَّ سَلَخَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يُغْفَرَ لَهُ رَغِمَ رَغِمَ أَنْفِ يَعْنِي. It is an expression that is used. To show that somebody has missed out on something. Or that they have lost. Radima أَنفُ رَجُلًا The one who Ramadan has come. He is living in that time. Ramadan has come. And then Ramadan has gone without him having been forgiving. Without him having earned the forgiveness of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ in a number of hadith have mentioned that the importance of Ramadan as a time in which forgiveness is granted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And from amongst those hadith is that whoever fasts Ramadan, iman and wahd And whoever stands in the nights of Ramadan, iman and wahd And whoever stands in the night of Laylatul Qadr, iman and min That he will be forgiven his previous sins Therefore this is an opportunity uh, the, the time remaining of Ramadan is little However we need to examine ourselves to see if we have achieved the objective of taqwa and if yani Ramadan has come and gone without us having earned Allah's forgiveness. As far as the Eid, the first point that I want to make concerning the Eid, it is related to a recent question that came to us and it is how do we determine when is the Eid? The basic rule for determining the Eid is by the sighting of the moon. The Prophet ﷺ ordered us to fast when we see it, sumu bi Fast when you see it, and also break the fast when you see it. So that when we see the new moon, it is the end of the month, just as it is the sign of the beginning of the month, and therefore <coughs> we should fast or we should break our fast accordingly. However, there's differences of, of differences amongst the people concerning whether or not we should begin fasting or we should end fasting based on a local sighting or an international sighting any place in the world or based on astronomical calculations and this is a lengthy discussion which we don't have time to uh, do at this time however, the point that I want to make here is that what is considered is that the Muslim Ummah we should try, if possible, to be together in oneness yani as a, in unity, as a community However, if the whole Muslim world cannot be together, then at least locally the Muslims should try to be together. And for this reason, some of the great scholars of our time, such as Sheikh Abdulaziz ibn Ibaiz, have mentioned that there are two opinions concerning the sighting of the moon, whether it is local or international. However, the advice that was given to us is that if the people in one land, if they agree that they should go by an international sighting, then all of the people should follow the scholars in the conclusion that they reach and fast and break the fast together and if they agree that it should be by a local sighting then the people should begin and end together and this is what is understood from the hadith of the prophet sallallahu wasallam that is reported from abu huraira radiyallahu anhu and that hadith is Hasan. he said that the prophet sallallahu Alaihi wasallam said assawmu yawma that yani the beginning of the fasting, it is the day that you fast تصومون, yani You meaning the people, when all the people begin, you should begin with them Wal And the breaking of the fast or the end of the month It is the, the time when the people all together break the fast And the day of sacrifice, it is the day when the people sacrifice In this hadith as I said, it is Hassan Ali, Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi He said concerning this hadith that some of the scholars have explained it And they said that the fast and the breaking of the fast Is with the group It is with the group, with the group of people With the masses of the people Likewise, Al-Imam Al-San'ani in his book Suhbal al salam uh, he has and he, In his explanation of Balogu Maram He has made a similar statement He said that in this hadith Mentioned from Assyrim In that hadith he said There is an indication That what is to be considered Concerning the establishment of when is the Eid It is is That we should be together with the people Nobody should be alone But they should be in agreement With the masses of the people And that the one who singly alone Knows the day of Eid By citing it He saw it but the the people they haven't accepted his sighting and therefore the people have not fast or broken their fast accordingly he said that one who is alone in having sighted the moon and his sighting is not accepted then he is required to follow the rest of the people in their fasting and in their breaking of the fast and in their sacrifices and yani he should be with the rest of the people not alone and likewise the sheikh al-mubarak Quori in his explanation of Sununavasirumidhi he said that's which is similar to it. He said it is said that the meaning of this hadith is that it is a means of informing or it is an information that the people will be divided into groups and parties and they will oppose the prophetic guidance. And there will be some of them who will act according to calculations. And there will be some of them who will begin their fast early or they will go to stand at Arafat early and they will make this as a sign to distinguish themselves from the other people to separate themselves from the Muslims and these people have deviated and he said there are some people who rem- will remain on the prophetic guidance and that is the group which will remain victorious standing on the truth and that is what is intended in this hadith by an Being in agreement with the people or fasting when the people fast or breaking the fast when the people break their fast. He said it is those people who are not following astronomical calculations or those people who are not separating themselves from other Muslims. But they are those people who fast with the other Muslims. And he said even if they are a small number. That means that what is considered here is following the correct way, following the guidance of the Prophet ﷺ. And staying with the group and not separating oneself individually from the rest of the people because of one's siding or because of some other reason that they have determined. And yani when is the eat. Therefore, what we understand from this is that the Prophet ﷺ intended that the people should fast together and that they should break their fast together to the best of their ability, and nobody should separate from the larger body of the Muslims unless those people have deviated clearly from the Sunnah. The day of Eid is a day that has been chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the Muslims. It is reported in the Sunan of Nasa'i and the Sunan of Abu Jawud rahimahumullah from Anas ibn Malik anhu. Kana lakum, that the Prophet sallallahu when he came to Medina and he found the people having two Eids or two days of celebration. He said to them Kana lakum that there were two days that you used to. Uh, play or have fun or amusement or rejoice in those days وَقَدْ أَبْدَلَكُمُ اللَّهِ bihi ma مِنْهُمَا But Allah has exchanged those two days For that which is better than them Allah has taken those days, the Eid or the celebration of jahiliyyah And he has exchanged them and given two days which are better than them يَوْمَ الْسِطْرِ al Adha. These two days, the day of sitr After the fast of Ramadan and the day of adha The day of sacrifice during the hajj Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the one who has chosen them for the Muslims after they used to have other days of celebration in jahiliya. That means these days are chosen by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the wisdom behind them it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these days are days in which the Muslims are allowed to enjoy themselves with that which is lawful. And they also should be conscious. Of the fact that they are not days of fun and amusement alone. But they are also days in which people should do acts of obedience to get near to Allah. Showing their gratitude to Allah for the favor that he has given them. Either in making it easy for them to complete the fast of Ramadan. And therefore thanking Allah on the day of Eid that Allah has given them the success to complete that fast. Or for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala making it possible for them to complete the rites of hajj. And the sacrifice of Hajj and getting near to Allah to, through these matters Therefore on the day of Eid It is a combination of relaxation and enjoyment While not forgetting the acts of obedience to Allah That one needs to do to get near to Allah And to show the appreciation for the success that Allah has given on these two great occasions That is uh, the completion of these two pillars of Islam The fasting of Ramadan or the pilgrimage to Mecca. Uh These days Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them preference over other days. And he has made them as days of celebration or festivity for the Muslims. And in these days we see the appearance or the manifestation of the signs of Islam in the society amongst the Muslim people manifest. And we see the brotherhood of the Muslims in the congregating of the Muslims and coming together on the occasion of the Eid. We see a manifestation of the brotherhood of Islam. All of the people in any particular land coming together in one place, showing the oneness of the Muslim Ummah and the joining together of the hearts of the Muslim and their unity, coming together for the sake of the support of Islam and raising the word of Allah, making it uppermost in the earth. Therefore, we should keep in mind also on this day, that this day is a manifestation of the unity of the Muslims and the brotherhood of Islam and one should... And act accordingly on that day, keeping this in mind. Of those things that are clear as an aspect, and a manifestation of the day of Eid, is that the day of Eid is not a day for fasting. It is a day when the Muslims are rejoicing. Therefore, it has been reported from the Prophet ﷺ in that hadith, which is reported by Al-Bukhari from Al-Baraa ibn Yazib anhu he said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, gave a talk to us on the day of Adha a khutbah, after the salat. He gave the khutbah after the salat. فقال أبو نيار يا رسول الله إني شاتي قبل الصلاة. He said, "O oh, Messenger of Allah, I have sacrificed my animal before the salat. And he said, I know, because I know that today, the day of Eid, is the day of eating and drinking. وَأَحْبَبْتُ أَن تَكُونَ شَاتِ أَوَّلَ مَا يُذْبَحْ And I preferred, or I liked that this animal of mine, which was precious and dear to him, that it should be the first thing that is sacrificed in my house. The scholar said concerning this, this hadith, that it is an indication that the day of Eid is a day of happiness and joy and rejoicing in the word of the Sahabi who was mentioned in this hadith, he said that I have sacrificed this animal because I knew that today is the day of eating and drinking it is a day of pleasure and enjoyment and therefore and the Prophet ﷺ has confirmed this and not spoken against what he has said and this shows that the day of Eid it is a day of relaxation, and enjoyment and pleasure also we should know that the Prophet ﷺ has confirmed for the women Something special for them On the occasion of the Eid And that is That on the occasion of Eid The women are allowed To beat the duff And they are allowed to sing Amongst themselves Not in the presence of men And therefore The Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam Has allowed Aisha Radiallahu Anha And her companions, Who were young girls When Aisha Radiallahu Anha She was a young girl And her companions were with her and the Prophet ﷺ witnessed them Beating on the duff and singing some songs More clean songs And the Prophet ﷺ didn't reject it And he didn't rebuke them But he allowed it And that hadith is reported by Al-Bukhari From Aisha رضي الله أنها. She said that دَخَلَ عَلَيَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ جَارِيَتَانْ يُغَنِّيَانْ that the Prophet ﷺ came to me, came to my place. And there were with me two young girls who were singing, singing the songs of war. That is the songs of those days in which there was war between the Aus and Khar, Khazraj, the two tribes of the people of Medina. Then the Prophet ﷺ laid down on his bed and he turned his face away from them. At that time Abu Bakr anhu entered. And he scolded her, he scolded Aisha, his daughter, رضي الله عنها And he said to her مزمارة الشيطان عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم He said the instrument of shaytan in the presence of the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم فأقبل فأقبل عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال دعهما And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم turned towards him And he said to him, leave them, leave them and yani he don't bother with them. He allowed it. In another narration of that hadith, it is mentioned that Aisha radiAllahu anha said that Abu Bakr came to her while there were two young girls with her in the days of Minna to defy to duffy fani wa tadribani. They were beating on the duck and yani they were beating on this instrument. Then the Prophet sallallahu after Abu Bakr said what he said, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi said to him, "Daghuma ya Abu Bakr." He said, "Leave them, O oh Abu Bakr. These are the days of Eid, meaning that in the days of Eid, it is different than other times. These are special days, and this is allowed. it is allowed for them to beat the duff. This is from the Sunnah that has been approved by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi for the women, and therefore the women should engage in that to implement this Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu Al-Imam Al-Baghawi, Rahimahullah, in his explanation of this hadith, in his book, Sharq al-Sunnah, he said, as for the singing uh, that mentions that which is corrupt and filthy, or open display of that which is unlawful and evil of speech, he said, this is the singing that is prohibited. Singing that consists of words of filth and corruption and evil and disobedience to Allah this is what is prohibited otherwise that which is clean and moral and that is based on Islam and that expresses the principles of Islam and the good things, and there's no harm on the day of Eid for the girls to sing or to beat on the duck he said concerning the saying of the Prophet ﷺ in one of the narrations when he told Abu Bakr to leave them he said this is our Eid he said here the Prophet ﷺ, was excusing them he was excusing them by these words saying that this is our Eid it is allowed for them to do so on this time Uh, it is allowed for them to show to openly show their happiness and joy on the days of Eid as this is from the symbols or the signs of the deen and these days of Eid are not like the other days Al-Hafid ibn Hajj al-Asqalani in discussing this very same hadith He said that this hadith contained many benefits and from amongst the benefits is that it is legislated that we should be easy and lenient with the children in the days of Eid. And allow them to engage in those things that are relaxing for the body and that relieve them from the uh, responsibility or the task that they have engaged in uh, in fasting during the month of Ramadan or in other ibadah. He said that in this hadith is a sign that happiness and joy on the days of Eid is one of the signs or the symbols or the manifestations of the Deen of Allah. Uh, here I would like to mention some of the things that have been reported from the Prophet ﷺ or from the Sahaba related to the actions that a Muslim uh, should attend to on the day of Eid. A person should be careful of these things and try to implement them in one's life uh, So that we will engage in those things that are from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Especially on this day of Eid The first of them is Al-Ghusl Qabla Al-Eid or Qabla As-Salaat This is reported from Nafi'i Anna abdallah ibn Umar Kana al-fitri قبل ان يغضو إلى المصلى يعني نافع رحمه الله reported that Abdullah ibn Umar رضي الله أنهما, that he used to take a ghusl, he used to take a bath on the day of Al-Fitr, on the day of Eid al-Fitr before going out to the prayer grounds. And this has been reported by Imam Malik and Imam al-Shafi'i and the Isnath of this hadith is Sahih. Likewise it has been reported authentically from the imam of the tabi'een Sa'id ibn Musayib Mahimahullah is saying sunnatul fitri thalasa that the sunnas of Eid al-Fitr they are three al-mashyu al musalla walking going to the Musallah walking wal-aqlu al-khuruj and eating before going out this is specifically for Eid al-Fitr that one should eat before going out to the Eid prayer on the occasion of Eid al-Fitr as opposed to uh, the Eid al-Adha in which it is preferable and from the sunnah that a person should not eat until after the salat and after sacrificing the animal and eating from the sacrificial animal. He said that the sunnahs of sitra are three al-mashyu ila al-musalla walking to the prayer grounds wal-aklu aqlu al-khuruj and eating before going out wal and taking a bath. And this hadith as I mentioned also as being as having an authentic chain of narrators uh, and it is said that this was also the opinion or the position of Abdullah ibn Umar, Ali ibn Abi Talib from amongst Sahaba, al Qama, Urwa, Atah and Al-Nakhi from amongst the Tabi'een and Imam Malik and Imam Shafi from amongst the Imams. Perhaps some of the scholars said that perhaps the meaning here of the wording As-Sunnah, that there are three Sunnahs for the Eid al Fitr. Perhaps he means the Sunnah of Sahaba, the way of Sahaba and their guidance. Uh, because in fact nothing has been authentically reported from the Prophet ﷺ himself concerning the ghusl on the day of Eid before the Salat. It has not been. There are hadiths that have been narrated. A number of hadiths have been narrated concerning the Prophet ﷺ taking a ghusl on the day of fitr and the day of Adha. However, those hadiths do not have authentic change. So perhaps what is meant here by uh, Sayyid ibn Musayyid and the others is that this was a sunnah of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. And as long as it is authentically reported from the companions, Radiallahu الله عنهم then it is also proper for the Muslims to follow that sunnah. The second of the sunnahs, specific sunnahs of the day of Eid, it is adorning oneself with the best of one's clothing on the day of Eid. Adorning oneself with the best of clothing. This is reported from Jabir in the Sahib ibn Khuzayma كان للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم جُبَّة يَلْبَسُهَا فِي العيدين ويوم الجمعة. That the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to have a suit of clothing that he used to wear specifically on the two Eids and al الجُمْعَةِ and yani he used to wear those clothing for that day. It was the best of what he had and he only used to wear it on that occasion. That means that a Muslim on the day of Eid should try to have something very nice and special for the day of Eid in terms of their clothing. And of course it doesn't mean that every time there is an Eid that we have to buy new clothing. I and mean he didn't say that he bought a new suit of clothing for every Eid. But he had something that was special for the Eid. And he used to wear it only for that special occasion. And therefore it shows the importance of adorning oneself on the day of Eid. To distinguish that day from the other normal days of the week or of the year Al-Hafid ibn Hajj al-Asqalani in the explanation of Fath bari Explanation of Bukhari, Fatl bari He said after mentioning uh, discussion concerning this matter Sa'idah That there is a benefit that he wanted to mention here And he said it has been reported from Ibn Abi Dunya And Al-Bayhaqi bi Isnadin Sahih Ila Ibn Umar Yani that it has been reported by an authentic chain of narrations Yani, As they saying or a practice of a Sahabi That is Abdul ibn Umar Anuhu kana yalbasu Ahsanu thiyabihi fi al That on the two occasions of the Eid He used to wear the best of clothing that he had Whatever was the best that he had That's what he used to wear On the days of Eid It has also been reported From in Al-Bukhari and Muslim And the Qutb al-Sunan From Salim from his father that is Abdul ibn the saying of Ummah ibn al-Khattab رضي الله أنه, uh, <coughs> concerning uh, a suit of clothing that he had which was uh, made from silk brocade and it was in the suq he said يا Rasulullah, الله ابتع هذه فتجمل بها للعيد والوفود and some of the scholars said the meaning of this statement There's different opinions concerning it But some of them said that it was a question That Umar رضي anhu, He was asking O Messenger of Allah Shall I buy this? Meaning this suit of clothing So that you may adorn yourself with it on the day of Eid And the day or the days or the occasions When delegations come to you Shall I buy this for you So you will have something special Something outstanding to wear on special occasions al hafiz ibn Hajj al-Asqalani said concerning this, that the Prophet ﷺ has agreed with the idea that it is allowed to have some special clothing for special occasions. He didn't rebuke Umar Anhu for this idea that he has expressed. However, what he has rebuked him concerning is in the end of the hadith, he said the Prophet ﷺ told him that this type of clothing that is made from silk, it is not the clothing of the people of Iman or the people who have some portion of the in the hereafter. Yani the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم rejected the idea of those particular clothing. However, he didn't reject the idea of having some special clothing for the day of Eid or for special occasions. Uh, also, in the explanation of, of similar hadith in the Sunnah in, in the nasai as sindi al-Allama al-Sindi, rahimahullah, he said, the statement of Umar فَاتَّجَمَّلْ lil Eid That you will adorn yourself with this clothing for the Eid. He said from this we know that adorning oneself on the day of Eid it was a practice, a common practice amongst them at that time. And the Prophet وسلم did not rebuke him for doing so. From this we know that that practice continued. It wasn't something from Jahiliya that he was suggesting to the Prophet وسلم." that was condemned in Islam, but it was a common practice amongst them and the Prophet ﷺ allowed it to continue. Also of the matters, specific matters related to the Eid is that which we mentioned uh, previously under the point of taking a ghusl for the statement of Said al Musayr concerning taking a ghusl on day of Eid. Yani he said sunnat al-fitr thalata, al-mashi' al musalla wal-aql al Yani the second of those things that he mentioned of the sunnas of Eid al-fitr, it says eating before going out to the prayer grounds. Yani before going to the place where the prayers will be performed, it is from the sunnah for the Eid al-fitr. Not for Eid al-adha, but for Eid al-fitr it is from the sunnah that a person should eat before going out to the prayer grounds. It has been specifically reported from Anas ibn Malik, رضي الله in the hadith reported by Al-Bukhari that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم كان لا يغضو يوم الفطر حتى يأكل ويأكلهن وطرا that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would not go out on the day of fitra yani that he would not go out for the prayer to the prayer grounds until he had eaten some dates and in one of the narrations it said that he used to eat them in an odd number and an odd number of dates so this is also from the sunnah, that a person on the day of Eid or Fitr, they should eat before going out. And the preferable thing to eat from the sunnah is a tamr, date, and they should be eaten in an odd number. Also it is from the sunnah, as opposed to what we find in many countries today, that the Eid falat, it should be in the Eid grounds, not in the masjid. And the scholars of Sunnah have mentioned this as al-khuruj, ila al-musalla. Meaning that a person should go out. Yani out of the uh, main part of the city, to the outskirts of the city, to a place that has been designated for the Eid Salat. So that all of the people in the locality would pray together. Not every people praying as they normally do in their local masjids. Or even, yani as we find in some places, the people are praying in their local Eid prayer ground. But there are so many of them that even the people who live near one another have a choice to pray in two or three different places which means instead of the people praying together that they will still be separated but from the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is to go out to the outskirts of the city to a place that has been designated for the prayer uh, to pray for all the people to pray together it has been reported in the Sahihain yani Al-Bukhari and Muslim from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiAllahu anhu, he said he said Rasulullah يَخْرُجُ يَوْمَ الْفِتْرِ وَالْأَضْحَى إِلَى الْمُصَلَّةِ that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم that he used to go out, yani outside of the city on the day of Fitr and Adha, the Eid of Fitr and Eid al adha to the Musalla, to the prayer grounds شَيْءٍ يبدأ بِهِ الصلاة. and the first thing that he would begin with is the Salat he used to pray and then after the prayer of Turaqa then the people have the option to remain or to leave and listen to and yani to remain and listen to the khutbah or to leave also from the sunnis of the day of Eid is that which was mentioned in the previous report of al-imam Sa'id ibn Musayib rahimahullah the Sunnah al-fitra 3 al-mashyu al musalla yani walking to the prayer ground if one is able and as long as the prayer ground is in a place that is of reasonable distance, then the sunnah is that a person should walk to the prayer ground and not ride. And whoever is able, this is from the sunnah and it is rewardable. It has also been reported in the sunnah of At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah with a chain that is Hassan. من السنة from Ali ibn Abi Talib من السنة أن تخرج إلى Yani, that it is from the Sunnah that a person goes out to the Eid grounds for so the Eid prayer, walking It is from the Sunnah so whoever is able to do so, then it is a praiseworthy act concerning this walking to the Eid prayer Imam al-Shawkani in his book Nadal al he said that most of the scholars held this opinion that it is mustahab that it is commendable that a person should walk to the Eid grounds for the Eid prayer and from amongst the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, he said those who held this opinion was Umar ibn al-Khattab and Ali ibn Abi talib Allahu And from amongst the Tabi'in, Ibrahim al-Nakhai and Umar ibn Aziz. And from amongst the imams, Sufyan al-Tawri, al-Shafi, Ahmed and others, rahimahumullah. So this shows يعني, that from amongst the sunnas of Eid, whoever can implement it, then... It is better to walk than to ride Likewise from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Concerning the day of Eid Is that the way that a person takes In going to the Eid ground They should not come back the same way and they should return from the Eid grounds To their home by a different route Than they have taken going And it has been reported from Abu Huraira Raviyallahu Anhu he said, كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا خرج إلى العيد يرجع في غير التريك الذي خرج فيه That whenever he used to go out to the Eid He used to return By a road other than the road That he has gone out upon And that is reported in the Sahih Muslim And the Muslim Imam Ahmed and others Likewise, it has been reported by Imam Muslim On the authority of Jabir ibn Abdullah رضي الله عنهما He said, كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا كان يوم العيد al-Tariq. That on the day of Eid, he used to take a different ro- road. He used to yani come back from a different road than he has taken going. Uh, also from the sunnahs of Eid that have been abandoned today in many lands, unfortunately. Uh, and we want to encourage this sunnah to be, to be practiced, to be brought back to life. And it is the sunnah of participating. On the day of Eid, at the Eid ground, the participation of women. The Prophet ﷺ emphasized the women to participate in going out to the Eid ground on the day of Eid to the extent that even those women who are not allowed to pray, He has also ordered them to go out to the Eid ground while staying away from the actual place of prayer. But He has ordered them also to go out to the Eid ground. That's how important it is that those who are not praying also He has told them to come. Therefore, those who prohibit the women or discourage them from going out to the Eid ground, they are opposing the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. It has been reported authentically from Hafsa, she said that the Prophet ﷺ, he ordered, ليخرج العواتق وذوات وليأتزل الحيد المصلى that those women who are, are of the age of puberty even though they are not married and those virgin girls and those who are married women yani who are at the age of menstruation he said they should go out and participate on the day of Eid in order to join in with the Muslims in their supplication and also he said that those who are in menses yeah, they should not uh, actually sit in the place where the prayer is performed however they are expected to go out and it has also been reported similarly, similarly from others that the Prophet sallallahu uh, that he ordered them to, he ordered them to go out to participate on the day of Eid and this order some of the scholars said that it is, means that it is obligatory and some said that it means that it is highly recommended. So that the women should go out to the Eid prayer, those who are not able to pray should at least witness that occasion and be with the Muslims on that occasion and and join in and uh, get the benefit of the supplication of the Muslims on that day and the joy of the occasion. Also of the Sunnis of the day of Eid that has been neglected, almost totally, in almost every land, it is the takbir of Eid. This is a sunnah that we almost find, in, we almost do not find it in any land whatsoever in the Muslim lands. I have only been in one country in the Muslim world, where I have seen the takbir of Yawm al Eid being openly practiced by the people marching through the streets, saying the takbir of Eid. I have only seen it in one country in my life, uh, and Allahu A'alam, yani Allah only knows if it is practiced in other countries However, it is a sunnah that has been established by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And it has been to a great extent, if almost not totally, it has been yani, neglected in the Muslim world today uh, it, is, yani it has been legislated that one should say the takbir, Allahu Akbar, declaring the, greatest of, the greatness of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala from the time of the setting of the sun on the night of the Eid and yani the night preceding the day of Eid from the time of the setting of the sun until the performance of Salatul Eid and this is based upon the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah وَلَيْتُكَبِّرُوا اللَّهِ وَلَيْتُكَمِّلُوا الْعِدَّةَ وَلَيْتُكَبِّرُوا اللَّهِ عَلَى مَا هَدَاكُمْ وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَشْكُرُونَ that it is expected that it is expected or it is required that we complete the number need to complete the number of days if anybody has missed any of the days of Ramadan they should complete them and that we should glorify or mention the praise the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what he has guided us to that perhaps you may be thankful it has been reported from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud Yani as a statement of a sahabi From Abdul ibn Mas'ud And it is reported In the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shaiba With an authentic chain of narrations That he used to say Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah Wallahu Akbar Allahu Akbar Wallillah Alhamd." Yani Abdul ibn Umar Allah, Abdul ibn Mas'ud Radhi Allah anhu He used to say these words As the takbir of the day of, on the day of eve Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar La ilaha illallah wallahu akbar Allahu akbar walillahil There are other narrations from other companions of the Prophet ﷺ that are authentic and some that are not authentic however the most authentic of them is this the words of Abdul ibn Mas'ud and that which has been reported uh, similarly with an authentic chain from Abdul ibn Abbas Allahu akbar Allahu akbar Allahu akbar lillahi hamd Allahu akbar wa ajal Allahu akbar ala ma and if these two narrations are authentically reported from two of the most knowledgeable and close companions of the Prophet ﷺ, and it is expected that from amongst these uh, words that the Muslims should openly, uh, loudly, in the soup and the home and the streets on the night of Eid, from after the setting of the sun until the performance of the Eid Salat, we should use these words, and in showing the greatness of Allah. And praising Allah And acknowledging our gratitude to Him For the success and the victory that He has given Concerning the Salat of the Day of Eid It is of the most important matters of the Sunnah For the Day of Eid And there, even if there is some difference of opinion Concerning the ruling concerning the Salat of Eid any the legal and the ruling concerning it Some scholars said that it is Fard al-Ain, and this is the opinion of imam Abu Hanifa, and it is also one of the two sayings of imam al-Shafi'i, and in a narration from Imam Ahmed, rahimahumullah may Allah have mercy on all of them, that it is Fard al on every one of the Muslims who is praying that they must attend the Salat al-Eid. And the evidences concerning this are many from amongst them, is that the Prophet ﷺ has ordered even those who are not praying to go out to witness the Salat, What about those who are praying? Then are they not required to participate in the Salat? And the Prophet ﷺ throughout his life until his passing, he used to perform that prayer. And this is also of the proofs that have been mentioned concerning this. As for the description of Salat al-Eid, it has been reported in the Qutb al-Sunan with an authentic chain in the Sunan of Abu Ja'ul and Ibn Majah. As well as in the Muslim Abhim Al-Ahmad from Aisha radiallahu anha Anna Rasool Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Kana yukabbiru fil fitri Waladha Fil aula Bisab'i takbirat But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa He used to make the takbirat seven times In the salat of Eid al-Fitr And Eid al-Adha He used to make the takbirat Seven times In the first rakah And this is excluding takbirat al-Ihram And in the second rakah Wafidthaniya خَمْسَنْ سِوَى this is not counting the two the takbir for ruku and it is also as in some of the other narrations not including the takbir of ihram يعني he used to make specifically seven or five extra takbirs in the two rakah of Salatul Eid seven in the first rakah and two or five in the second rakah uh, and it is and these takbirs should be made before the recitation of Quran it has been reported from amr ibn shu'aib from his father from his grandfather that he said kabara rasul allah rasul allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam fi salat al eid sab'an fil aula thumma qara'a thumma kabara fa raka'a thumma sajada thumma qama fa kabara fa khamsan thumma qara'a thumma kabara fa raka'a thumma sajada and yani he, he said that the Prophet Sallallahu made the takbir in the Salatul Eid, seven of them in the first rakah, then he read yani from the Qur'an, then he made takbir and performed ruku and then sajda, then he stood up and he made takbir five times and then he read from the Qur'an and made takbir and made ruku and made sajda and this is recorded in the Sunan of Abu Zawud and Ibn Majah and the Muslim of Imam Ahmad with a chain of narration. That is Hassan. To them, when he said most of the scholars, it means that there are some who don't hold this opinion. Yani, there is difference of opinion concerning this matter. However, Imam al-Baghawi, he said that this is the opinion of most of the scholars, from amongst the Sahaba and those who came after them, that the Prophet used to make takbir in Salat al-Eid in the first rakah seven times. Not including takbir, takbir al Yani He said that he used to make takbir in salat al-eid, fi al sab'an, siwa takbiru al-iftitah not including the opening takbir takbiru al-tahreem and in the second wa fi al-thaniya, khamsan, siwa takbira al-qiyam that he used to make five takbirs, yani extra takbirs not including the takbir of standing up for the next rakah and this used to be done before the reading before the reading or recitation of Quran. And this has also been reported from Abu Bakr and Umar and Ali and Abdul ibn Umar and Abdul ibn Abbas and Abu Huraira and Abu Sa'id al-Khudri from amongst the Sahaba and Al-Zuhri and Umar ibn Aziz, from amongst the Tabi'een and from amongst the Imam, Imam Malik and Imam al and Imam Ahmed and others including Al-Awza'i and Ishaq ibn and others. This is mentioned by Imam al-Baghawi in al Sunnah concerning after the mention of these hadith that the, the description of the takbir of the Prophet وسلم in Salatul Eid Is that he used to make seven takbir Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar Seven times not including the opening takbir And in the second rakah Not including the takbir for standing up for the second rakah He used to make five extra rakah And he's seven in the first rakah And five in the second rakah Concerning the zikr or dua Or what was mentioned between the uh, takbir uh, It is said That there is nothing Authentically reported from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam That he used to mention some particular words In between the Takbir However it has been confirmed From the Sahabi Abdul Ibn Mas'ud Allahu Anhu In the Sunan of Al-Bayhaqi With a Senate that is Jayid He said qala an Eid بَيْنَ كُلِّ تَكْبِيرَتَيْنِ حَمْدٌ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَثَنَاءٌ عَلَى اللَّهِ يعني between every two takbeers, every time he said Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, between those two takbeers that one should praise Allah and glorify him. This has been reported authentically from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And as we said, there has not been anything with a sahih chain of narration reported from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. Imam Ibn Qayyim said that the Prophet wasallam used to remain silent between every two takbeers. A brief period of silence. That is confirmed from the Prophet wasallam. However, we have not memorized anything from him saying something particular in between, these two, between the takbeers. Yani there is nothing that has been reported authentically of what he used to say. However, it is Authentic, that he used to pause in between every two takbirs and Abdul ibn Mas'ud. He said that what, is, what should be done there is that one should praise Allah and glorify him. As for what is prayed before the salat and after the salat. Ya rahmah Allah. As for what is prayed before the salat and after the salat al-eid. it is reported from Abdul ibn Abbas. Radiallahu Ma. That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He prayed on the day of Fitr Al Eid Al-Fitr To rak'ah, And he didn't And yani he didn't pray any voluntary prayers Or sunnah prayers Before or after the Eid Salat This is before of Al-Bukhari uh, And Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah, says That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Nor his sahaba None of them used to pray anything uh, When they reached the Eid grounds Not before the Salat Nor after it and Al-Hafid ibn Hajj al askalani says that what we conclude from this is that Salat al-Eid, nothing is confirmed that there should be any prayer, any sunnah prayer prayed before it or after it. Likewise concerning the Salat al-Eid, there is no Azan and there is no Iqama for the two Eid prayers. As it has been reported from Jabir ibn Samura, عنه, he said, I prayed with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi عليه وسلم, the two Eids more than once, or not even more than twice and there was no adhan no any iqamah reported by Imam Muslim. Abdul ibn Abbas and Jabir, both of them, Allah Anhum. they said, there was no adhan on the day of Eid al-Fitr or on the day of Adha. Yani there was no adhan for the Salat. And this is reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Also of the sunnis, yani of that which remains, yani of the important sunnis, of the day of Eid is congratulating or greeting one another Al-Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Asqalani He said that it has been reported with a hasan chain of narratives from Jubayr ibn Nufayr رضي الله Anhu He said uh الله He said كان أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا التقوا يوم العيد يقولوا بعضهم لبعض تقبل الله منه ومنه يعني yani that the companions of the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم, when they used to meet one another on the day of Eid, they used to say, some of them used to say to others, Allah minna wa minka. May Allah accept from us and from you. Ibn Qudama, Imam Ibn Qudama in his book, Al-Mughni, he said that, Imam Ahmed said that this chain of narration it is his Sahih, that it has been reported that one of the companions, he said, uh, one of the uh, he said Abi Umama min وسلم, Allah minna wa minka. That he said I was with one of the companions of the Prophet Abu Umama al-Bahili and others from amongst the companions of the Prophet. And whenever they used to return from the Eid ground, yani after the Eid prayer, they used to greet one another with these words And because of the time, we will stop here and I will just mention as the last point concerning the matters of the Sunan of Eid. uh, One of the most important of those matters of Eid and it is zakat al-fitr. The hadith concerning this are many and the discussion concerning it requires a full lecture. Because of the difference of opinion concerning it. However, some of the hadith, uh, we can mention just a couple of them quickly. From amongst them is that which is reported from Abdullah ibn Umar. قال فرض رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الزكاة الفطر صاعاً من ثمر أو صاعاً من شعير على العبد والحر والذكر والأنثى والصغير والكبير من المسلمين. He said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم has made obligatory the Zakat al-Fitr as a Sa'. He has made it obligatory. He has legislated as an obligation that it should be distributed as a sa, a measure, a certain measure of volume from dates or from barley. It is obligatory on the slave as well as the free male and female, young and old, from amongst the Muslims. And he has ordered us to distribute it before the people go out for the Salat, for the Salat al-Eid. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu said, Kunna Nuhriju, fi Ahdi Rasuri Lahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Yaum al fitr Sa'an Minta min ta- mintaam min waqala Abu Sayyid Wakana Ta'amuna Shahir was Zabibul Akid wa Temr Rawa al-Bukhari. He said, we used to distribute in the time of the Messenger of Allah يعني الصحابة. He said, we used to distribute in time of the Messenger of Allah on the day of Fitr a from food and he said our food at that time was barley or dates or baked dry uh, I don't know uh, leban it is dried and baked and uh, yogurt Naam. and dates Yani that in the time of the Prophet saw so some Sahaba they used to distribute a sa'a from their food, not otherwise. And the last hadith is the hadith of Abu Zimran Bas, رضي الله عنهما فرض رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم زكاة الفطر طهرة للصائم من اللغو والرفث للمساكين من أداع قبل الصلاة فهي ومن أداع بعد الصلاة فهي من الصدقات. The Abu and even imagine others that the Messenger of Allah has made obligatory the zakat fitr, tuhra l as a purification for the fasting person from any senseless, useless speech or obscene speech wa tu'amatan lil masakin as, as a food for the poor people whoever has distributed before the salat then it is an acceptable zakat and whoever is distributed after the salat then it is only a voluntary charity and this hadith is clear That the Prophet ﷺ has made the cattle fitr. What is this purpose? As a purification for the fasting person. From what he has fallen short in his fast. And as a means of food for the poor people. And it is clear that it was only giving as food in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. And therefore this is the best thing that can be done. uh, Even if some say that it is allowed to give the people money. As they might be more in need of it. And Allah knows best. وَسُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْلِكَ أَشْرٌ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْ تَسْبَكْرُكَ وَأَطُوبُ Is there any questions? We have some dates here. If there's any questions or comments or corrections until we hear the adhan. Maybe we can take one question or so. now. If somebody hears the adhan, let us know. Huh? Open the window. As for raising the hands in the salat for the takbirat, the Eid prayer. There's difference of opinion about it. There's nothing confirmed from the Prophet ﷺ. But it is authentically reported from Abdullah ibn Umar. So it is better that one do it. And Allah knows better. Allahu Akbar, Allahu <laughs> In Alexandria, Egypt. salam. <laughs> <laughs> this one more concerning uh, the brother's question can the zakat al fitr can can it be given out before the end of Ramadan? Uh, what has been authentically reported from the prophet that the zakat al fitr it should be distributed before the salat al-eid so some scholars said the meaning of this it should be distributed before the salat al-eid it means that the time that it should be distributed the best time is in the morning before salat al-eid however it is permissible once the fast of ramadan is finished meaning the last day of ramadan at the time of maghrib when the moon is sighted for the first of shawwal that means ramadan is finished from that time from maghrib it is also permissible to distribute it so the best time is in the morning before the salat al-eid or in the evening after salat al-maghrib on the night of the eid the night preceding the eid and it has also been authentically reported in the sahih that they used to distribute the zakat al-fitr in the time of the Prophet one or two days before the Eid therefore the correct opinion concerning this is that it is permissible to distribute zakat al-fitr one or two days before the Eid and it is preferable to distribute it the night of the Eid the night preceding the Eid or in the morning after the dawn before the Salat al-Eid Now, Any other comments? Now, the prayer, the number of Raqqa for the night prayer in Ramadan, the number of Raqqa, that is a long discussion, we have discussed it before, the number of Raqqa of the prayer in Ramadan, it is, yeah, Ah, there's no there is no foundation for what they are doing. That is not so. That is not so. There is difference of opinion about the matter. There is no doubt, Akhi, that the common, the most common practice of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi is the night prayer. Not specific to Ramadan. But always. He used to pray most of the time, 11 rakah. However, it is true that he has prayed less and he has prayed more. It is authentically reported in the Sahih Bukhari from Aisha and also from Abdullah ibn Abbas that he prayed 13 rakah and it is reported in the Qutb al sunan all of them that he has prayed 9 rakah or 7 rakah or less than, that. less than that therefore the number of the rakah is not specified that it is 11 but it was his most common practice and al-Hafiz ibn Hajj al in the explanation of the hadith of Aisha that the Prophet sallallahu never prayed more than 11 rakah in Ramadan or outside of Ramadan he has discussed it in detail and he has explained that it means it was his common practice. And the proof of it is that she has also narrated that he prayed 13 rakah. And Abdul Min Abbas has narrated that he prayed 13 rakah. And other sahaba have narrated that he prayed less than 11 rakah. That means his common practice was 11. Therefore, whoever prays 11 rakah, in order to follow the common practice of the Prophet, praying those rakah with long recitation of the Quran, as he used to pray. And long ruku and long sajda that is the way of the Prophet. As for whoever says, pray 11 rakah, but pray them the way people are praying today, with reciting 5 verses of Quran or 10 verses of Quran, and making ruku in one second, and sajda in one second, that is not the way of the Prophet. We cannot say that the sunnah of the Prophet is 11 rakah. But the sunnah of the Prophet is to pray the prayer long. Long recitation, long sajda, long ruku, and mostly he used to pray 11 rakah. But the sunnah is not limited to a number. it is limit. It is specifically how he prayed. And nobody is paying attention to how he prayed, but we are only looking at the number. And the number is not specified. And when Abdullah bin Umar narrates the hadith in Sahih Muslim, that a man came to the Prophet sallallahu asked him how to perform the night prayer, he did not say eleven rakah. He did not say you cannot pray more than eleven rakah, or you have to pray eleven rakah. But he said pray it, matna matna. Pray it by twos. That is the way of the night prayer. And the Prophet sallallahu has been asked, and he has informed us how to pray it by twos. He didn't say you have to pray at least eleven, or not more than eleven or not less than eleven he said pray by two and if you fear the dawn then pray one rakah with them that is the night prayer of the Prophet sallallahu however if somebody made more than that they have done it in time of sahaba Allahu alam but it has been reported from many of the scholars that they have done it in time of sahaba and they have done it in time of tabi'een and they have done it in Makkah and Medina and other lands they have prayed more than eleven rakah and Shaykh wa ibn Taymiyyah has discussed it in detail in a long discussion concerning this, he said that whoever prays the prayer with less number of rakah, 11, then they should make the recitation longer. And whoever prays with more number of raka'a, then they should make the recitation shorter. And the number of raqa was increased because of the length of recitation, how they used to recite in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. So if we want to keep the number less, we should make the recitation long as they used to do the prophet sallallahu recited in one rakah in his night prayer on one occasion he recited surah baqarah then surah an nisa then surah ali imran in that order surah baqarah surah an nisa and then surah ali imran in one Raqqa. so if we pray the prayers he has prayed it then no problem you will not pray more than 11 you will not be able to pray more than 11 because the night will be finished before you reach 11 you see so actually the matter is not limited as some scholars have said, that is their opinion. But really the stronger opinion is that the matter is not limited to 11. The Prophet ﷺ have not limited, he has not said only pray 11. He has not, and he himself has not only prayed 11. Therefore we cannot constrict or refine or confine that which the Prophet ﷺ have left open. He has left the matter open, he said two by two. That means he has left the number open, therefore we cannot close it. It is not our right to close what he has left open. So it is better that we pray 11 in the way he has done it. And whoever prays more than that, we should not blame them. We should not blame them. We should not argue with them. And we should not fight against them. If we pray 11, alhamdulillah. If the imam prays 11 and he prays slowly and calmly with proper recitation, that is better. Because if it is the common practice of the Prophet, وسلم, that is better than something else. However, if somebody prays more, then we shouldn't uh, dispute the matter and make something out of it. And Allah knows No. no doubt, we are not disputing this matter.
1: We are not disputing this
0: matter. We are not disputing that 11 is better. 11 is better, there is no doubt about it. Nobody can dispute it. Nobody can dispute it. No, it is, it is better that we make our common practice 11. Nobody can dispute it. Whatever they are doing in Mecca and Medina, we don't care about it. But what we are saying is that we cannot say it is haram to pray more than 11. But to say that it is better to pray 11 and that should be our... No, but that is correct, for sure. It is correct. والله